Today we're going to start with a message that's a little bit different because our, our, our easy thing in COVID is just to kind of go, we'll wait. Like one day, maybe in the future we'll do that. And, and the thing that I, I am wrestling with in, in that kind of conversation is we're actually fueling something that, that we've been taught our entire life, which is like in, independence. And we've went, it's just too hard. There's too many regulations. There's too many restrictions. There's just too much for us to even try. So let's just, let's just pack it in. Uh, Here's the thing. Here's what God says. If you do what I will tell you to do, you will never, ever again have to deal with loneliness. You'll never, ever have to deal with fatigue and failure and fear and frustration, your life will be so much easier if you do it the way that I planned for you to do it. Well, COVID, we go, that just can't happen. God designed us to live in community. If we weren't in COVID, sociologists actually believe that the loss of community before COVID was when we all got front car garages. You know, I don't have to talk to anybody. I press the button when I'm a few meters away, the garage door goes up, I drive in, the garage door comes out, and I'm in my own little world. And we've even increased that now in COVID. Don't talk to anyone, don't see anybody, just hide in your homes. We might even get to the place where we're like, I don't need relationships, I've actually done pretty good. I have my satellite TV, I have instant messaging, hey, I can go on Zoom when I want, and my front car garage is actually working really, really good in this season. You know, we're taught in this world, in this season, that success always equals independence. I think it goes something like this, that happiness is the result of independence, That I think if I'm financially independent, if I'm relationally independent, if I'm independent in every way, then that will make me the happiest. Well, guess what that train of thought produced? We have unhappy people. People give up on life a lot quicker because that's not the answer. God didn't create us that way. The truth is, happiness doesn't come from our independence. It doesn't come from isolation. It doesn't come with living life with all kind of barriers up. Happiness comes from interdependence, from functioning in community. Kyle's going to throw up some verses on the screen here for us. Uh, throughout today. Romans chapter 12, verse 4 and 5 says this, for just as each of you has one body with many members, and that these members all have the same, they don't have the same function, so in Christ, that though many form one body, each member belongs to each other. We belong to each other. So we're going to unpack five reasons why I need my church family. What this is going to do is actually prep us as hopefully we start to come out of COVID, we start to recapture some of these things, but we need to recapture them before we get to the end of COVID. We can't just throw our hands up as a church and go, well, nobody can make us do anything. We're just going to give up. 
Here's the first one is, I need others to walk life with me. Here's the second one we're going to talk about. I need other people to work with me. The third one, I need others to watch out for me. The fourth one, I need others to wait and actually cry with me. And then the final one, I need others to fulfill God's plan for my life. I need you. Pastor Matt needs you. Brett and Danielle need you. Darren, our chairman of the board, needs you. This summer, we're believing that God's going to start to allow us to do different things. One of those things that we're going to do, and you're going to hear us talk about it, is viewing parties. So on long weekends and some other weekends, we're actually going to get together in smaller groups so that we can actually connect with one another. We can see each other. We're going to do church in the park, a chance for us to to worship in creation. I'm really excited about it, and you'll hear me constantly talk about these things. We need each other. Well, let's jump into that very first one. I need others to walk with me, to walk life with me. It might be even said better by saying this, I need you to help me grow spiritually. Let me say that again. I need you to help me grow spiritually. God created us with the need for relationships. That's why God created the church. Now I'm going to read out of the the New King James Version because it says this really beautifully in, in Colossians 2, 6 through 7. As you therefore have received Christ the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him. So why would the Bible refer to our spiritual life as a journey? Life is not something that we sit down, it's a journey. You're always growing. The Bible tells us some pretty specific things about our journey. Here's what it says, and it's all, it's throughout the New Testament. We're to walk in light, we're to walk in love, we're to walk in obedience, we're to walk in the Holy Spirit, we're to walk as Jesus walked, we're to walk in wisdom. What you need to hear this morning is as you're walking, God never intended you to walk alone. Now, let me make this really clear. It has nothing to do with whether you're single or married. Now, some of you might say this, and I would fall into this camp at different times in my life. Well, what's wrong with me walking alone? I kind of like to walk alone at times. I get my own way when I walk alone. Well, that's part of the problem. We're not learning about cooperation. We're not learning about relationships. We're not learning about love. God says this, I want you to walk through life with other people who are close in relationship with you. And he says it for these three reasons. And these are huge. The first one, it's safer. It is always safer when you walk with others through life. There's safety in numbers. Remember what your mom taught you years ago. Be in a group. It's a whole lot less risky. The second one is it's safer. Uh, Sorry, it's supportive. It's supportive. It keeps you from giving up. When other people are walking with you, they keep you going. Remember, the life that that you and I live is not a 50-yard dash. It's a marathon. We want to run far. A few weeks ago, uh, you would have seen geese. Uh, flying back. You know, they fly in a V formation. We know that. We learned that in school. 
The reason that they fly in that formation is that they can actually fly farther in that formation because it creates an updraft and they don't get as tired as when they fly, to, as when they fly all by themselves. And when we fly, when we walk, when we run through life together, it makes our life a lot less tiring. It's safer. It's supportive. In COVID, you need this. And the third one, it's wiser. You learn a lot more about life when you go with other people who are close to you. I'm not talking church casual friends where you have to work hard to remember their name when they come in the front door. I'm talking about people who are close to you. The Bible says this in Proverbs 26, 5, Answer a fool according to his folly, or he will be wise in his own eyes. Genesis 2, 18 says this, It's not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. God hates loneliness. God's safety net is his family, the church. In Hebrews 10.25, we've abandoned this verse in COVID. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another, and all the more. Now, this isn't what God is talking about in the sense of what we do right now. God's talking about community. Whether we're in COVID or out of COVID, this gathering on a Sunday morning is not community. This is a crowd. And so you don't have community when you come in here to worship. Community is what happens when there's three or four or five or six people that you do life with. You know, when you get more than 10 people in a group, some of you just stop talking <laughs> and you stop relating. You see, you could be in a crowd. You could come to church every week for years and still be lonely and no one would know it. God's answer to community is, God's answer to loneliness is community. We need a few people, especially now. Let's be honest, we don't really know how to relate to each other. We don't really know how to build healthy and strong and lasting relationships. Here's what 1 Corinthians 14, 26 says. What then shall we say, brothers and sisters, when you come to, together, each of you has a hymn, a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. Now here's the question. Does that sound like something we do on a Sunday morning? We don't do that. I don't say, hey, does anybody have a poem? What happened at work? Can I pray for you? We don't do that because it's too big. It's not a community, it's a crowd. What I read there's only one place that that can happen. It's in a small group. Temple courts for worship, house to house for fellowship, and we need both. I believe that when you walk through life, we're going to need a small group of believers walking through life with you. Now I get it. Some of you instantly go, 
Oh, small groups. I remember 10 years ago, I was a part of a small group. It was the worst thing going. We're going to formalize a version of small groups here, but we're also going to trust you to do that. We need this. Ephesians 4.16 says, From him the whole body joined together and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Guess what, friends? That's all of us. We all help each other grow. The whole body. Then the church is healthy and growing, full of love. One of the reasons being is we can learn about community, we can talk about community, but it's worthless unless we're in community. We have to experience it. I need people to walk through life with me. The, the second one, I need people to work with me. We all know this. The Bible tells us that God put us on earth to do some certain things. The Bible says this in Ephesians chapter 2, we are God's handiwork. We're created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Before we were born, God decided what talents we were going to get, what natural abilities, gifts, what background. God decided what beautiful country we would be born in. Because he wants your life to do good works. He wants you to do ministry. It's helping other people. God doesn't want you to do it by yourself. If you do it by yourself, you'll get worn out. He says we need other people helping us. Do we know how to ask for help? I know I don't. Now God tells us why we need others to, to work with us. Ecclesiastes 4 says this, two people are better than one because they get more work done by working together. Pretty simple from the Bible. We know that's true. We always get more done by working with other people. Nobody's good at everything. We need each other. And the key for you is in your life, you that are strong at things need to contribute to those who are weak at things. Now this is great. This morning, a great illustration. Snowflakes are very frail. But enough of them stick together, it stops traffic. You see, here's the myth. Let's call it the Mother Teresa myth. That lone person going out there to save the world all by their, their own. Do you know what? That's not what Mother Teresa did. Mother Teresa had an army of other sisters who were an army of other people helping in those streets. You see, together, together each of us can make a difference if we actually do our little part. The reason that I believe we're exhausted is because I don't have anybody helping me. Community is God's answer to fatigue. Galatians 6.10 says this, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people in COVID, out of COVID, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. See, God loves to use ordinary people like you and me. I need people to walk with me. I need people to work with me. Then I need other people to watch out for me. 
I need people who are going to defend me, who will protect me, who will stand up for me when I need someone to stand up for me, to be an advocate. Philippians 2.4 says, don't look out to your own interests, but each of you should look out to the interests of others. Guess what you and I have been taught to say, and it just gets amplified in the season that we find ourselves in. It's all about me. It's about my needs, my interests, my hurts, and the rest of you forget you because it's all about me. And the Bible tells us in Philippians chapter 2, which we just read, look out for the interests of others. Is there anyone out there helping you in your spiritual journey? Who's watching out for you? Who's making sure that you're still growing? Who's making sure that you're not discouraged, you're not depressed, that you don't feel like giving up? The reality is all of us have blind spots. I can't see those blind spots. It's like when the policeman pulls me over and says, you have a taillight that's out. I'd have never known it if he doesn't tell me. Well, let me put it this way, away from the policeman in the car. Hopefully somebody tells me if my zipper's down. Truthfully, if my zipper's down, please stop me and just tell me, Matt, zip it up. Or worse off, and we've all experienced this, if I've got lettuce in my teeth or there's a piece of my everything bagel poppy seed that's in my teeth, please tell me. Friends don't let friends have pepper in their teeth. So we need people who will watch out for us, who love us, who go, Matt, you got something in your nose. Get rid of that thing. I could go on and on. We'll stop. I need others to watch out for me. The Bible says this in Hebrews 13, verse 1. Keep on loving each other as brothers. Christians, Christ followers, ought to care for other Christ followers. People in the church ought to take care of each other in the church. We're defeated because Satan. Satan doesn't wear a red suit with a tail and pitchfork and come up to us and say boo. How does Satan work in our life? He works by habits that we can't break. Hurts that we can't let go of. Hang-ups that we can't change. Problems, circumstances, relationships that mess up our life. It's all indirect, and he's always trying to mess us up. We're defeated because we try to fight it on our own. We're by ourselves. We're never going to beat Satan by our own. You need other people in your life who are watching out for you. The Bible says this in Ecclesiastes 4, verse 12, Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. So, who's watching your back right now spiritually? Is there anyone in your life who is so close that are, they're helping you and making sure you don't fall into those typical things that trap you and mess you up? If you don't, I pity you because you've got a big bullseye on your back. Let me flip the question. Who, who are you helping? Whose back are you watching? 
You can't expect anyone to watch out for you if you're not watching out for anyone else. You care enough about anybody else, you'll say this, you know what, I'm going to be with you through the thick and thin. I believe that God's answer to defeat is true community. I need people to walk with me through life, and I need others to work with me, and I need others to watch. Watch for me. The fourth one, we're getting near the finish line here. I need others to wait and cry with me. I need people who are going to be there in every situation that occurs. You know, those crises that, that come. When I'm waiting for bad news or when I'm weeping, when I get the bad news, I need people in my life. At Renfrew Baptist Church, I'm going to declare this. Nobody should ever have to sit alone in a hospital. No one should ever have to wait alone waiting back for a lab test from a problem pregnancy. No one should ever have to sit at home waiting for the coroner to identify the body of a loved one. No one should ever have to stand at an open grave, grave alone. No one should ever have to spend the first night alone when their wife or their husband dies. And no man or woman should ever have to spend the night alone when their wife or husband walks out. That list could go on and on. We at Renfrew are not meant to face the crisis of life alone. I wish I could have a magic wand and just wave it and none of us would have any crisis. But that would be fool's talk. What you can do right now is build that support network in your life because we don't know when crisis is going to come. We don't know when the earthquake is going to happen. We need that support group. Here's what God's plan is. He says this in 1 Corinthians 12, 26. If one part of our body suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part at Renfrew rejoices with it. Now Renfrew, you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. I just read a story this week about a guy who died at home and nobody discovered him for two years. I thought, how tragic that he had no relationships, no relationship in life that missed him. Community is God's answer to despair. The Bible says this in, in 1 Peter, you should be like one big happy family full of sympathy toward each other. We party when people have a celebration and we cry when they have a, a tough time. We don't fix people's problems. We're going to have crisis. They don't need advice. They just need someone to be there. You don't, you don't schlep some of your own wisdom. You just sit there and be quiet with them. Don't say anything profound. If you're like me, you usually get into trouble when we start talking. They don't need advice. They just need us to be there. The Bible says this in, in 1 Thessalonians 5, and we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive, encourage the disheartened, help the weak, be patient with everyone, make sure that no one pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else.
Well, let's end this. I need others to fulfill God's plan for my life. God has a plan for your life. He has a purpose. He has a mission for you, even right now. And you have a message that you need to deliver to the world. And if you don't share it, the world is missing it. I need people to help fulfill the mission that God put me on earth to fulfill. There's great power when we're a group. People, when they come to Renfrew or hear about Renfrew Baptist Church, should say this. It's not our lead pastor. It's not our cool coffee that when it's out of COVID that we can have. But there's something going on there. Here's what Jesus said in John 13. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Notice what God said. Your love. Not for me. Not for God. Your love for each other. Your love for the family of God is proof to the world that there is a God. You see, the thing that proves to the world that we're Christ's followers is not our buildings, not our music, not our sermons. It's our love for each other. 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 says this, they want to be teachers of the law, but they don't know what they're talking about or what, or what they so confidently affirm. They're just talking. You see, God's answer to fear is community. We need each other. Here's what I hope as you walk out of here, you actually believe today. I really, 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 really need others. Even in the season that we find ourselves. If you can actually say those words, I really, really, really need people in my life, you are well on your way to interdependence. It wasn't that hard, was it? Well, let me recap, and you'll see these on the screen. God's answer to loneliness is always found in community. God's answer to fatigue is always found in community. God's answer to defeat is always found in community. God's answer to despair is always found in community. And God's answer to fear is always found in community. Let me pray. God, thank you for the opportunity to, to speak some words that I believe are really important for us in this season. God, we don't want to become immobilized that as we walk in this world, we operate in a way that you didn't call us to. There's people in our neighborhoods, there's people at this church that you're calling us to do life with. Lord, may we capture, recapture that desire to be in community, even though it'll cause us to do more work in this season. We got to figure out how to do it in our backyard with 10 people. We got to figure out how to do a walk. We got to figure out how to wear a mask. We got to figure out how to do all these things. May that not immobilize us. God, as we're positioned on this corner here in Renfrew, 
we know that you've called us to this community and to a greater community. May community be what attracts people to us. May we be able to offer authentic community. May we be able to offer a community that is the community that you've called us to. God, as we leave this place this morning, may you go with us. May you cause your face to shine on us. And may we have the opportunity to be kingdom makers, kingdom builders, kingdom workers in the places that you've called us to. We love you. We ask all this in your most powerful name. Amen.